The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, by by virtue of my professional calling, I am somewhere in the space between helping human beings and organizations to succeed. So, um, you will see that in a lot of my teachings. And one of those things that organizations do to help people be better is that they train them. Um, now, when they send you on a two-hour training, you can be sure that you're not likely to get a certificate. You might get some sandwich, that's all. But when they want to invest in you, they send you on a whole day's training. So it, since you came for the second worship experience, I'd like to encourage you to listen to the service, the message in the first what? Worship experience, you know. Um, and then it will bring all of this home. If you listen to just this, you'll be blessed. But I think you'll be even more richly blessed if you find time to listen to the two messages. Uh, I spoke about knowing uh, about life's times and seasons. Now I want to talk about um, maximizing. Our, our Bible text is from Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. Ecclesiastes 3, 1. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. The first point that I want to make is that God made life in seasons. God made life in times and seasons. And no matter what we do or what we don't do, it will be so as long as the earth remains. In his word, in Genesis 8, he said, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest time, summer and winter, you know, night and day will never cease. And if you really want to break that down, um, I'm sure you remember in your primary school or high school geography that time is measured by the sun, right? A.M. means before, be, uh, before noon, Abby. Then P.M. means after noon, right? So to, to, to tell you the primacy, the importance of times and seasons with God, the first thing that God created was time. Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 to 5, God said, let there be what? Light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the, the light day and the darkness he called night. So in the evening and the morning were the first day. Day one, time. In Genesis chapter 8, 22 that I quoted earlier, he declared that times and seasons will not end as long as we are here. The good news about that, first of all, is that God exists outside time. You know, I, I like to say to you know, any, to people when I get a chance to speak, I studied geography. When everybody was reading microbiology, medicine, 
Greek accounts. I went to university to school, study geography. So I understand this concept very well. God created the sun, the moon, and all of that, but he exists outside what? Time. You don't create something and then be inside it. You know? So he, God exists outside time. The good news about it is that even when they say time has passed, when they say your time has passed, God doesn't understand that because he can decide that your time is what? Now. And I believe that for someone who's listening to this message who prayed earlier, your time is when? Now, in the name of Jesus. So next time they say it's too late, the question you ask them is who said so? Who said it is too late? You know, those who work closely with me know that I don't even understand those things. I, I try my best, you know, to live within the time uh, that I'm giving for things. But I am absolutely convinced that God has the ability to reverse time in my favor. And he has done it several times. And he will do it continually in our lives in Jesus' name. Now, a few fundamentals about times and seasons because of our time. A few fundamentals you need to know about times and seasons. And I spoke about some of them in the first service. Number one, nothing lasts forever. On this side of eternity, nothing lasts for what? Forever. I want you to settle that in your mind. I was very close to my late father, um, who was a Baptist uh, lay minister. And his favorite saying that I, I can never forget uh, he used to say it in Yoruba. He would say, which means that nothing lasts forever. <laughs> the good news about that revelation is that no matter how terrible that problem is, no matter how terrible that pit you find yourself, that problem will not last forever. People don't have problems here, obviously. I said, no matter how bad the problem is, it will not last forever. As our senior pastors have taught us, if it has a beginning, it also will have what? An end. Psalm 30 verse 5 says that weeping may last for how long? A night, but joy comes in the morning. If you have one of these nice computer Bibles and you do a search for come, the word, the phrase come to pass, it appears in the Bible, at least the New King James Version of the Bible, 861 times with God saying, and it came to pass, and it came to pass. I pray that that problem that has come, that situation that you are going through, will come to pass. <laughs> or rather, it has come to pass in the name of Jesus. You see, the flip side of that, for some people, is that it's also uh, an, 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 an alert, a warning. That even the great season you are in, is subject to change. Things are rosy, they're doing really well. It is subject to what? Change. And many people don't understand that. And so they lose the opportunity to maximize that moment when things are doing well. I'm sure you know the story of Joseph and Pharaoh when Joseph told Pharaoh, when the harvest is plenty, please don't chop everything. No. <laughs> Keep some aside because the days of famine are difficult. You know, in my, in my professional life, 
I get a chance every year to speak to many audiences of very successful executives, you know, C-level people. And once in a while, if, if it's a leadership encounter, you know, I ask them, <laughs> um, you know, if you get back to work tomorrow, and everything that is working, you know, the children are in Atlantic Hall, and uh, all are the best schools now, they're in Harvard, they're, they're there, you know, you know, changing one SUV after the other, you know, all your, you know, a friend of mine told me during COVID, he said, he doesn't have to worry about diesel. He said, even the diesel he has, nobody can pay for it. He cannot finish it. That he doesn't know where to store it because he was a big executive director in the bank and they just kept slushing him. Then, then they took over the bank. <laughs> so I asked them, what if you get back to work tomorrow and the dynamic of your life as you know it suddenly changes. I asked them, how many of you, how long can you go before your lifestyle changes? I've been asking this question for 32, well, not 32. I got into consulting uh, 26 years ago. For almost 26 years, I've been asking that question. And it will shock you. It will shock you to your bones. How many people are very surprised when they lose those high positions? It's a shock to them. You see someone who's a top executive today, but then all of a sudden, six months or one year after, because something changed in their industry or in their, in their life, <laughs> you can't even, the tie has, you know. I tell people that it's not easy to suffer in Nigeria. Because, you know, because of the tropical weather, when things go wrong, they go very, very apparently wrong. Yeah. <laughs> a good friend of mine who was... Uh, General manager in a bank, you know, uh, lost his job. Uh, and he's now doing pretty well in another financial institution, you know. When he was talking to me, he said, Shala, this thing you're saying is so true. He said before, he had a, a you know, a, a Toyota Prado. He said before, when something happens to his car, when he changes this, he doesn't even know the cost of the thing. But when he, you know, when he lost his job or he resigned or whatever, now, when he takes the car to the same company to fix, they think it's still the bank paying. So they give him the invoice of the bank, and that's where the problem starts from. So he said he has changed his mechanic. Now, the problem is when you change your mechanic from Koshkaris to Mufuta, <laughs> it will show very quickly. <laughs> because, <laughs> because Mufuta will want to walk the... <laughs> Walk the break. <laughs> I pray that the next season of your life will be greater than the one you are in. But that it will not change. Say lie. I pray that your change will be for better and better in Jesus' name. Another fundamental that I want to quickly bring to your notice is that God has a calendar. Not for himself, but for you. With an appointed time to do everything and for everything to be done. That's what we read in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. In Psalm 102 verse 13, he said, You will arise and have mercy on who? Zion. For the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. God set time for you that has come. You will not miss it in Jesus' name. Amen. Say better amen now. Amen. You know, one of the... Um, Business experiences that changed my life uh, financially at a point 
the first day I had an appointment to meet the, the top executive in this organization, I, I, I used to live in Ikeja then, and I was coming to Victoria Island. I didn't understand Victoria Island too well. I left home at, let's say, 7 a.m. for a meeting that was supposed to be at 10 a.m. I didn't get to the company until 11, you know, 11 a.m. God, merciful God, the man looked at me like this and said, are you serious at all? We had a, said, okay, I'm going to give you another chance. Come back tomorrow at the same time. I'm sure you know when I left my house. Every opportunity you have lost, every calendar appointment that you've lost, God will restore today in Jesus' name. And that's good news for us because it means, according to the word of God in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, that God has a plan for your life. He said, for I know the thoughts that I have towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to bring you to a prepared end, an expected end. So nothing lasts forever. I pray that your change will be for good. Number two, God has a plan, a specific appointment for you. And your appointment is not my appointment, which is why I'm not one of the happiest people in the world now when I see everybody trying to jackpot because their friend is jackpotting. Somebody said to me, I'm the only one left here among my friends. I said, hey, how do you know that's not God's plan for you? I'm not, I want people to jackpot by all means. In fact, my dear wonderful wife, she always tells our church members that she's not here or is, is, she has gone. It's this man that is here. <laughs> but I have suffered there before, so I borrow sense when I'm planning. <laughs> I have to hear from God, and I have not heard. <laughs> it's good to go on holiday there. Yeah? It's very good. Anyway, you must hear God for yourself. Let me not get distracted. Now, how your times and seasons flow. Whether you meet your appointment with God or not depends on what you do with those times and seasons. Is anybody with me at all? God has a calendar. He has a season for you. He has a specific appointment for you concerning one area of your life or the other. In Psalm 1, 1 2, 3, it talks about bearing food in, its, in his season, in its season. But what you and I do in our respective times and seasons depends, would determine whether we maximize them or not. If you get what I'm saying, let me see your hand, you know, waved, okay? Praise God. So in John chapter 9 verse 4, John 9 4, Jesus Christ said, I must walk the works of him who sent me while it is what? Day. <laughs> this is Jesus Christ, the son of the most high God, the second person in the Trinity. While he walked on the face of this earth, he said, I must do certain things while it is what? A.M. While it is what? Day. Jesus, not the pastor, not the holy, said the night is coming when no one can work. There are certain things that if you want to do at certain times, nah, more difficult, and in some people's cases, almost impossible. So, how do I maximize the seasons? A passage in the Bible that you must memorize and meditate on regularly is in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. 1 Chronicles 12, 32. It says, And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. So when they say it is 5 p.m., 
I need to know what am I supposed to do when? At 5 p.m. So that I can get the result I need by 10 p.m. Okay? So they knew what Israel had to do. The heads of these people were 200. And if you are there, if you, have, if you read up to that, First Chronicles, I said yes. He said, and how many of their brethren? How many of their brethren? My Bible says all their brothers were at their what? Commandment. They were subject to them. The guy, the, the lady who knows about times and seasons, who knows what to do per time, will always be ahead of the people who don't understand times and seasons. Did somebody get that? You can get far ahead in life. In your work with God, you can capture things. You can make things happen if you know what to do at certain times. So, three things you must do to maximize lifetimes and seasons. Number one, follow the law of priorities. Follow the law of what? Many of us don't understand that. One of the fundamental things about times and seasons is that first things must come first. Some great author called Stephen Covey wrote a book many years ago that became a classic. It's just that most people just read it. I'm not sure they, they, they practice what he said. The book was first things first. It's when you understand time. Does time go like this? Um, how does time go? 4 a.m., then 3 a.m., then two, is that how it goes? <laughs> how does it start? Zero. Abi? Then it becomes one, two. So God, every day, every day you wake up, God is trying to remind you about line must be upon line. Precept must be upon precept. God made light, plant life, animal life before he thought of making mankind. Priorities. If you want to live the life, the victorious life that God intended for you. And by the way, this is, you know, your script. This is a message that you need to bear in mind as you enter to 2023. So that 2023 will be far better than 2022 in your life in Jesus' name. You must be a person of priorities if you want to live the life that God created you to live. A person of what? Priorities. My brother and my sister, what is your priority in life? Let me ask your neighbor, what is your priority? You don't want to ask. Are you afraid of their faces? Who is your priority in life? <laughs> and I was listening to my wife. You know, my wife is a really, really, uh, she's the real pastor in our church. Me, I'm just, I just come. She's a resident pastor. I just, when they allow me to preach, I preach. You know, I, I'm the teaching pastor. Sam, the senior pastor. So she loves everybody. She listens, takes every call. She's always having mommy-pastor conversations. So yesterday afternoon, we were just chilling. And some lady called. Some lady who's believing God for some serious things in her life. Called and she went from one tale or the other, explaining to my wife why she's not going to be in church today. She serves in church. She went, me, I was on my computer. And, just, and my wife was saying, oh. So I was very irritated by the conversation. So I said, well, this person is not a small chicken. Why are you discussing? 
if this person does not know that she needs to come and worship God, let's continue. I said, no, it's because they had some conversations in the past. Until you get your priorities right, your life is not going to fall into place. I didn't say so. I'm not cursing you. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 said so. Jesus said so. Matthew said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his what? Righteousness. And everything will be added to you year in, year out. In the 20 plus years that he has graced me to serve him, I see people running from helter skelter January to December. When the end of the year comes, like they say, they are depressed. One of them, some of them are close to me. I said, come, let's do a prison now. Let's discuss. I will tell you where the thing went wrong. From January, you said, this year I'm going to serve God faithfully. I'm going to seek God first. You did it in January, February. By March, we didn't see you again. To be faithful consistently for a year is not something you like very much. Yeah, so God is saying, when you are ready. Because <laughs> God is not going to put precious things in the lives of unfaithful people. Matthew 6 says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. First, first, first. He didn't make me say, it's not a typo. Hmm? He says, all other things will be what? Added to you. <laughs> when you start a new day, when you wake up in the morning, what do you do with your breaking hours? I like, you know, the ministries. I mean, like tomorrow morning we have devotion with with uh, Pastor Femi, you know, early morning prayer. Great stuff. I think it's great. I hope you wake up yourself first to pray before you join Pastor Femi. Do you understand? <laughs> so you are ready to connect. Pray. What do you do when you wake up in the morning? And I'm not speaking to you from the place of superiority. This is a battle that I face and all of us face. What do you do? Do you first of all pray? Do you gist or you grab your Facebook? Uh, sorry, they said they don't use Facebook again. Your WhatsApp, right? To catch up or your Instagram. Is that what you do first? You want to start your day. You want to succeed in your day. You can't start with WhatsApp to check what your friends have been saying throughout the night. That's not how to succeed. When you start a new day, a new week, a new month, and you realize that God has kept you, what do you do first? Do you first of all give him praise? And thank him. We have Thanksgiving next Sunday. I tell people who are close to me. I said, if for any reason you are not able to come to church on Thanksgiving Sunday, maybe you are in the air, you are traveling. When you come, the first time you are in church, you must do your own what? Thanksgiving. <laughs> when God adds another year to your life. <laughs> My wife was just me this morning about a message she was listening to. One of our senior pastors preached. He said, do you know that people die every second? Do you know? Do you know people die every, 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 every minute? Every, every hour. Somebody is begging. And then God has kept you for 360 something days uh, this year. Do you remember to even just say, Father, I thank you. <laughs> they were asking me yesterday, so, oh, do you know, um, watch night service this year and then the first Sunday is January 1st. What are we going to do? When are we going to do Thanksgiving? Is it going to be on the 8th? I said, I don't know about anybody else. I don't care when we finish watch night service on there. Uh, they said, oh, we usually finish 1.30. I said, no, you are the one calculating. One is when we finish. People are just for another hour. Uh -huh. 
I said, it doesn't matter what. I shall be in church on January 4th. They did not give I don't have one babalawo somewhere. I cannot start my year just sleeping in bed. I'm, I'm religious like that. I'm not prescribing to anybody. Put God first. Put God's word first. When you are in a conversation, don't be among those people that say, this is what the Bible says, but let's get practical. <laughs> you want to be more practical than the word of God. The Bible says many are the devices in the heart of men. What will stand? The counsel of the Lord. That's the one that shall stand. You want to maximize the seasons of life. You want to go from victory to victory. No matter the famine in the land, no matter the difficulty in the land, you want to keep soaring higher. Make your relationship with God top priority in your life. When David committed adultery, killed someone, killed the husband, tough guy, David said to God, I, I've not sinned against anybody. It's you. Before we deal with uh, Uriah's wife or uh, family, God, it's you, it's you, it's you. You're the one that I've offended. Make your relationship with God top priority. Preserve it. Because according to Psalm 127, verse 1 to 3, the Bible says, without, it said, except the Lord builds what? A house. Your laboring is a waste of your time. One version says. Staying awake late at night will amount to nothing. Jesus said in John 15, 5, he said, without me, you can do nothing. Every vision, every dream you have will go up in smoke unless God is the Lord of, Jesus is the Lord of your life. It's as simple as that. Follow the law of what? Priorities. Let's break it down further. I said three things. Number two, live an orderly life. Very practical, this second service. Hmm? Live and what? Orderly life. God is a God of order. So he expects us to be orderly. When you read the Bible, you will see that God ordered his work of creation. Even the sun, he says, son, you, you, this is your season. This is your, you are allotted this time. Moon, this is your, you rule by night. And stars, yeah, somewhere in between. Fish, you go here. Birds, you go here. Order. Order also speaks to accounting. God so loves the art of numbering things that a whole book is dedicated to numbers. He loves. In Psalm 90, verse 12, Psalm 90, 12, he says, so teach us to number Number so that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. You know the meaning of that? People who don't take account of their days, they don't know how they spent their day. Huh? What did I even do today? <laughs> I don't even know what I did today. <laughs> they will live lives that you cannot call wise. They will live as fools. You know, somebody said, that time that one hour that you spent faffing around, somebody spent it writing the next chapter of their book that will become a bestseller. Numbering means to God that you are a good steward. That you, you, you know the value of little things. Numbering, order, ordering your, your life tells God that he can entrust more into your hands. I've been privileged in ministry and, and in uh, 
professional life to be very close to pretty senior people who influence a lot of serious things. <laughs> One of them, <laughs> Pastor Femi has met him more than I even have privately. When he wants to give you an appointment, the appointment will be at 7 a.m. And before he meets you at 7 a.m., he has gone on a walk for at least three hours that morning. Order your life, second by what? Second. Minute by minute, hour by hour. Use a simple thing as a diary. A, a, a what do you call it? A jotter. What's the other one? A journal. It's not the same thing as a diary. They are, they are related, but they are different. Most people use a journal. Journals usually don't come with dates and times. It's like a scrapbook. So when I see some of my friends and colleagues, when they say, let's have a meeting, they bring their journal. And you know, I have observed, not with one person, not with two people, that the people who don't operate with the diary, they are always very scattered. They always forget things. I forgot. How will you not forget when the book, the page is full of January entry, February entry, November entry. The promise you made is not there. Now, you don't like a, an actual diary. God has blessed us with technology. There are apps on your phone. There's Google Tasks. Anybody heard about Google Tasks? <laughs> There's Google Keep. Have you heard about Google Keep? Most people have not seen that one. It's there. It's there on your phone. If you use Gmail, it's there. They're there. Microsoft Outlook. Just order your life. Set daily goals for yourself. Prioritize. Don't treat people the same way. Let, let, Jesus Christ didn't treat uh, John, the beloved, the same way he treated Judas, for crying out loud. Or the way he treated uh, Peter. Don't give the best of your time. Some of you say, I went to school with uh, my, my classmates. I went to school with my classmates. So we have a WhatsApp group of my classmates. You spend the best times of your life reading nonsense on your school group. You know, the problem with many of us is that we've never suffered a real downturn in life, you know. Maybe you are still climbing, but many of us have not been high and gone low. I've been there a couple of times. The only reason why they want you on the group is because on our, my school group, when, once in a while I will remember, you know, the very few times I comment. I, I listen, you know, I contribute whatever when I feel led to. Nobody's going to lead me into hurt thinking like I told you. No, some people are not serious. So they, they you know, all the shine, they did not shine in secondary school. The nice now they want to, they want to load it over us. All of us must go somewhere. I know why, why. I have work to do. What's happening? <laughs> then I asked for one person. They said nobody has heard of him. Why? Because he's poor. He cannot afford the data. Nobody remembers him. It's not everybody that was in your class that is on that group. Because he's not doing well. I know what I'm talking about. Order and numbers help you to track what you've gained or what you've lost so that you can redeem what is lost. Ephesians 5, 6 says, it says redeeming the time because the days are evil. You have a vision to go to school. You have a vision to start a business. How much of your time have you blocked, dedicated? If, I come, if you come to my, show, my phone, I will show you. Permanently blocked is my working time. I just put their walk. Those who are close to me know what walking means to me. So it doesn't matter how crazy you crazy. You want to fix the appointment, you will see there that this man is totally unavailable. And in the evenings, because of 
other commitments with the person that is keeping the thing going, eh? what did I put there? The briefing time. Because some people, they, since that uh, COVID lockdown, they want to have a meeting from 6 a.m. to midnight. So, but at night, we'll put debriefing time. Who are you debriefing with? I'm, what's my business uh, with you? I'm debriefing with the one who helps me to be able to give you the value that you're looking for. Live an orderly life. You can't want to achieve your ambition, your vision in life, and attend every function or talk to everybody that some people are not going anywhere, so they want, maybe they're angry, then they want you to enter a department, you know, a reconciliation. I'm sorry, I'm, I've, 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 I've been sorry before you told me what I did. Very sorry. Let's discuss it. There's nothing to discuss. I'm okay. I'm really, really, really sorry. So, what's the first thing you do? The law of what? Number two, live another life. Finally, activate the law of harvest. Is God speaking to you this afternoon? I hope so. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 2 says there is a time and there is a time to what? Harvest. Many people ignore the time of planting. And yet, they look forward to a harvest of the perfection of their testimonies. You ignore the time when you should plant prayer, uh, plant fasting. Plants give sacrificial seeds, uh, ministry. Mm. I just want God to say to me. <laughs> God is not confused. Ecclesiastes 11, 1 to 4 is a very powerful verse that you, you might want to just pay attention to. Ecclesiastes 11, 1 to 4. It says, cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a serving to seven. And also to eight, for you do not know what evil will be on the earth. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it shall lie. He who observes the wind will not what? So. <laughs> and he who re regards the clouds will not reap. I pray that you will do what you have to do at the right time. So when you combine the law of priorities with the law of order and the law of harvest, it means a few things. Do the first things first. Just, just apply that principle going forward. You'll be amazed how everything will just begin to fall in line. Take stock of where you are today and where you want to be this time of 2023. Take stock. God loves people who take stock. You know, in my culture... When they want to describe an immature person that is not deserving of a big gift, they'll say he doesn't know how to count. If you understand Yoruba, you'll understand what I'm saying. They say he doesn't know how to count. So don't give him more. <laughs> Take stock of where you How has 2022 been? Where did I miss it? What should I have done that I did not do at the right time? Once you have taken stock and you have reviewed where you want to be, then do what you need to do to get what you want. You know, the classic case for me, and, and this is where I begin to bring this to a close, I'm, I'm actually done, is Luke 17, verse 12 to 20. It's the story of the ten lepers. Jesus healed ten of them. But they tell us that leprosy, I mean, we know that, of course, that, you know, takes away people's digits. 
So this man took stock and realized that his digits, while they had stopped degenerating, but they had still gone. He took stock. And he realized that that's not the end. God can still do more. How many people believe that God can still do more in their lives? Are you sure? The person who helped me to stop the decay, he can certainly perfect this work. The other people, whether they took stock, I don't even know whether they realized that the decay had stopped. The other night, they just left. This man came, fell at Jesus' feet. The Bible says, and glorified Jesus with a loud voice. And Jesus Christ said, were there not uh, ten cleansed? You know what I said about knowing how to count? Were there not ten? Say, go, your faith has made you what? Whole. Perfection. Ladies and gentlemen, what life do you desire? God can give you that life. You know, stop having a guilt trip about the life that you desire. When I was a young believer, I met a Christian lady. In the business world, I was aspiring for more. And, 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 I, just, and I was just sharing my agitations. I was maybe in my 20, late 20s. And she said, she told, told me, do I know the meaning of the scripture that says it's God that walks in you, both to will and to do what is good pleasure. I said, anytime you have a good and godly desire for more, it's from God. It's from God. So pursue it. I haven't stopped since then. I put God first, but I go at what God has shown me like a barracuda. I keep going, I keep going. Anything that is not in that vision, I set it aside. Whether it is blood or flesh, once it's not in the vision, we keep moving. So this afternoon, I, I want to make two calls. I want to pray for people who, when you look at your life, you realize without any certainty that God can do more for you. And it appears though, like Sarah, or Abraham, it appears though that, and it may not have to do with children, but that, that time is going or time has even gone. But the good news as we prayed is that God is a great restorer. But your own case makes it difficult because you realize that you have gone so far away from God. The second category of people is I'm going to be asking those who want God to come and do the more. Ephesians 3.20 says, God is able eh, to do exceedingly, abundantly, about what we may ask or think according to his power that works in us. So I'm going to be agreeing with prayer for those people in that second category. We are going to pray in agreement. Because that is one of my purposes on earth. Central purpose. I believe that God can do much more than he has ever done in your life. The Bible says that the glory of the latter day shall surpass the former. Even if you have lost everything, like Job, the Bible tells us that God can make the latter years to be far greater than the former. And I know what I'm talking about. But God is not going to restore you if you are on the opposite side from him. 
The Bible says that God is angry with a sinner every day. That unrepentant sinner, God is angry with him every day. <laughs> so if you are here this afternoon, and you are saying, Pastor, would you please pray with me? I want to return to my maker. The one who loves me so much that he gave his only one son for me. The Bible says that if he gave us his only son, Jesus, how will he not freely with him give us all things? So my first altar call is for those who want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to start afresh with Jesus. I want you to just rise on your feet wherever you are. Just rise. God bless you. God bless you. Is there anybody else who says, I, I want to return to the one who loves me so much. Just rise. The devil is going to tell you, people are looking at you, don't mind him. That's the same trick he has been playing and keeping people on the same level. Don't miss your season of response. I want to restore, I want to be restored to my walk with Jesus. I want God to forgive me. I want to draw closer to him so that he can restore all I have lost. Would you please rise on your feet very quickly? Just rise, rise. Rise. Thank you, Heavenly Father. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see someone else over there. God bless you. Thank 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 you. The Bible says without Jesus, you can do nothing. This is the final call for salvation. If you want a fresh beginning with Jesus, with God, would you please rise on your feet right now? Right now. Thank you, Father. Now, as we close, now if you stood up, the intention is not to embarrass you or to make a show of you. There are many people who have answered altar calls and still gone back to their sins. That's not the objective. But we want to pray with you. We want to pray with you one-on-one. -on -one. So if you want to please step forward so that the counselors can see you. Just come. Come quickly. Come, come, come. If you, are, if you, if you stood up and you have received the card, will you please come quickly? Come, come, come. Come. That's fine. That's fine. God bless you. Just come. Come come right away. Now, the rest of us, I want us to... Let's go ahead. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. The rest of us, I, I, I want to ask, if there anyone here who is asking God to do that in their lives that you can call the maximum. You know, when I pray, I say to God, the maximum you can do in anybody's life, do in my life. If you are in that category, would you please rise on your feet? This is a season. This is a time to pray together in agreement. Lift up your voice to the Almighty God now and begin to cry to Him in that area of your life. And say, Father, in this area of my life, anything and everything that your power can do, Father, do in my life. Go ahead, lift up your voice and pray to Him. God bless you. God bless you. Lift up that voice and pray. I'm going to pray with you in, in a minute or two. Cry to Him like you are desperate and hungry for Him to do more. Go ahead, lift up your voice. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we honor you. I can't hear you pray, but I guess maybe this is how you want to pray. But for those of us who want maximum attention like Bartimaeus, I think you should give him some maximum prayer as well. Just lift up your voice and say, Father Lord, 
If there's anything you can do, Lord, and I know, Lord, that there's nothing you cannot do, break out in my life, Heavenly Father. Break out upon my life. Let the next season of my life be a thousand times greater than the current season. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And so, Father, we want to thank you this afternoon. We give you praise. We give you glory. Father, we thank you for your word that has gone forth. Thank you for the integrity and the power of your word. And Lord, I thank you for all those who are standing and asking you to show your power in their lives. To show that you are the almighty God in their lives. Who are asking that you will take them from this season to a better season. A higher season. You said in your word that this is our confidence in you. That if we ask anything according to your will, you hear us. And because you hear us, you will do as we have asked of you. We know from your word that it is your will that the glory of our latter days surpasses the former. You don't want us to remain in our former days, but you want the latter day to be better. My father, I join my faith with everyone whose heart is panting after you for more. More of your power, more of your glory. That that which they are asking you for will become their testimony. Even beginning from now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you will cause everything to begin to work together for their good. The grace to hear from you directly. The grace to avoid groupthink. The grace even to redeem their time. To prioritize, to live line by line, precept upon precept. The day to live orderly lives that attract your presence. Release to them today in the name of Jesus. And Father, because of this prayer of agreement, let the testimonies be too many for us to hear in one service. Thank you for your daughter that you've drawn to yourself. And all those who may be online who are making a decision for you today. Your word says that nobody who comes will be turned back. I pray that none of them will be turned back. I ask that the blood of Jesus will wipe away all their sins. Plant them in your kingdom, in your church. Make them mighty vessels of honor. And let today mark the beginning of greater things in their lives in Jesus' name. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Let's put our hands together for Jesus.